everyone, welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast that discusses the biggest topics in the video game industry. My name is Luke Armstrong and I am your host. And joining me today is Adam Beagle. Adam, how's it going today? Doing well. Good. Uh, as you guys know from last week's episode, Adam is joining the podcast on a more consistent basis now. He's going to be co-hosting the show with me uh, from this point on, I guess, as long as uh, we are both our schedules work. We'll try every week to uh, both be on the podcast and stuff. So uh, yeah, it's it's as always, it's great to have you on the show. Um, today we're going to be talking about, it's a little bit of a slow news week, so uh, it, bear bear with us. The, these stories aren't anything that amazing in my eyes, but I did want, they were the most interesting out of what there was to choose from. So uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about the Fortnite World Cup champion got swatted on Twitch. Um, we're going to be talking about a new Need for Speed game, counting down to a, a possible reveal for that on Wednesday. And then uh, Xbox Studios is re- talked a little bit about releasing games on other platforms besides Xbox. Uh, so there's an article about that that I wanted to talk about. And then, of course, we'll end off the show with talking about what games we've been playing and then the question of the week. Um, so yeah, let's kind of get, uh, sorry, before we get into all of that, um, I wanted to talk about a couple housekeeping notes. Uh, so just a reminder that Games Are Fun is available every Tuesday on all the major podcast services. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Just search for Games Are Fun on whatever podcast service uh, you, you choose. I actually realized this past week that um, for some reason, some of the the settings in like the the feed or whatever for the podcast, it would be showing it up as games are fun exclamation point podcast on some platforms, and then it was showing just games are fun. And so sometimes like searching for it on some platforms, it doesn't turn up. But I made it like all just games are fun exclamation point, and uh, you should be able to find it. Um, so yeah, every Tuesday, me and Adam basically do have a conversation about what's going on in the industry and we go over the biggest news stories from the past week and just kind of share what games we've been playing, what games we've been looking forward to and all that stuff. So if you like video games, you've come to the right place. This podcast is all about it. Uh, If you enjoy the show, please make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Um, I will mention that if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and let's say this isn't your first episode, you've listened to quite a few now and you're a fan, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave a review on the show. Uh, leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts is the best way for the podcast to kind of gain more traction and, and for it to show up, uh, I guess, higher up on the list when you're searching for podcasts under categories and stuff like that. So it'd be great if you guys could leave a review uh, if you like the show and if you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts. Um, and then one other quick note Uh, I mentioned this a while back, and I'm just going to continue to plug it. Uh, The podcast is accepting donations, so if you want to further your support than just subscribing, you want to toss a couple bucks our way, that would be awesome. Basically, all your donations go back into the show. Um, As of right now, I haven't profited anything from this podcast. Uh, Me and Adam just do this completely on our our own free time, Um, but it'd be great to get to the point where we could have some contributions to, you know, get get the podcast to the next level um you know produce better better content um by one of the things that i really want to do is getting better software to produce the podcast right now i just kind of use open source stuff and 
Um, it'd be great to kind of have some funds to be able to just make the show better. So if you if you want to help us out with that, that'd be awesome. You can go over to my anchor page. There's a link in the show notes, and then you can kind of just pick from a monthly tier. Uh, so it's like one dollar a month, five dollars a month, or ten dollars a month. And again, you can just cancel after one payment if that's what you want to do, or you can continuously donate every once a month. It's completely up to you. But uh, if you do choose to do that, that we'd really appreciate it. It really helps the show. Um, but of course, it's completely voluntary. Uh, so yeah, just wanted to get that out of the way. It's always weird, you know, asking for money, but what can you do, right? Um, all right, so Adam, let's let's kind of go over, I guess, this week's show. Um, I think yeah. I'm, I haven't missed anything. So let's start with that first one. So Fortnite World Champion Swatted on Stream. So this is coming from Jordan Serrani over at IGN.com. First, before I read the article, are you familiar with like swatting on live streams and stuff like that, Adam? Uh, yeah, I, I first heard about it when uh, some some guy died from it. He got shot by the SWAT team. Yeah, I think yeah. that's when it first like really made headlines. Totally, yeah. Um, I think that's yeah when I kind of became familiar with it as well. For those of you who don't really know what the term swatting, swatted, or getting swat, swatted means. Um, it basically is this horrible, horrible thing that people have kind of, that's kind of gone viral that they've done where, um, they've, I, I guess, I don't know the specifics of how to do it, obviously, cause I don't do it, but they basically alert like law enforcement to this person who's live streaming and either mo- mostly on Twitch or on some sort of streaming service and they get swatted. Some of these in- incidents have had like guys in full, you know, gear, SWAT gear coming in, busting down the doors with, with rifles drawn on these people. Um, and people are doing this cause they think it's like a funny prank and whatever. But yeah, as Adam mentioned and the article mentions there, there's been a, a case where someone actually died from this incident. Um, so it's like completely crazy, but, um, I think like it was at a, it's height and like viralness, like last year i haven't really seen too much of it and then when i saw this article with it referring to the fortnite world champion i thought like that's pretty crazy because um i'm sure he's probably blowing up in popularity and stuff but to have that happen to him like he's a 16 year old kid like that's crazy right. so uh, yeah, and i i kind of thought it died down after there yeah know, right died during the the, the raid and um then this comes out and apparently it's still happening it's like it's awful like why would somebody do this to another person knowing full well that they could maybe die from it yeah that's that's insane yeah exactly it's 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 really it's really messed up to say the least um so let's kind of talk about this specific incident i'll read the article here um kyle buga i think that's his like nickname uh gearsdorf geyersdorf how to pronounce that yeah geyersdorf is the best Yeah, Kyle, the 16-year-old Fortnite World Cup champion, was swatted yesterday while streaming on Twitch as reported by Business Insider. A clip of the stream shows um, him abruptly exit the camera's view, indicating the moment his father alerted him to armed police at the door. A subsequent clip captured the streamer's return and explanation of the events. He's, he's quoted as saying, yeah, I got swatted. I was lucky because the one officer, he lives in our neighborhood. They come in with guns, bro. They literally pulled up. No one was physically harmed during the incident. Um, 
Gearsdorf is two weeks removed from becoming the first ever Fortnite World Cup champion. The American beat out 99 others from an international player pool to win the 3 million US dollars prize. Uh, and then swatting is the criminal act of purposely reporting a fake emergency in an effort to send authorities to a specific location. The nature of the report activities is generally violent, often leading emergency service to dispatch armed personnel. Um, and then this was what we talked about earlier. The dangerous act led to the death of an innocent man in 2018. The man who placed that swatting call was sentenced to 20 years in prison, according to the Washington Post. So, yeah, obviously not like a feel-good story because it's kind of dealing with some very serious stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, do you have any more thoughts around this specific incident or whatnot? I mean, it it's pretty terrible, like I said, to, to do that to, to another person. Mm-hmm. Um, especially after, like I said, I think this is the, the first I've heard of it happening again since, you know, that fatal shooting. Sure, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good thing that nothing too harmful came, like nobody got hurt during all yeah. that. But, yeah, um, it's, yeah, uh, it's not. And and I think from what I was reading from the article, the, the call I think they found came from Europe, I think. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm not even sure, like, how that works as far as, like, um, like prosecution and that sort of thing since mm-hmm. they're in another country exactly, jurisdiction yeah. and all that. Like, I don't even know how, like, I don't know if they found the person. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I mentioned that in the article if they did or if they did find the person. I don't know, like, what the ramifications are, uh, you know, if they are, in fact, in Europe. But, um, you know, these days it's not, I guess, not hard to spoof someone's number and, and make a call and, you know, make it try and seem as legit as possible. To, but... Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know how the SWAT works, and <laughs> you know, maybe there's, hopefully, maybe some way that they can try and vet these things out. But who knows? Yeah, like it, it's it's kind of hard, right? Like on how I I kind of don't fully understand how these things can kind of like take place, like because you you imagine that before the age of live streaming and stuff. Um, and I before I say this, I this is not pulling away from like the fact that this happened and, and everything, but just like you would think that, you know, things like prank calls or, or that kind of stuff has been going on for such a long time, right? Before mm-hmm. streaming. And so like, I don't know how it gets to the level of like them being able to, to send like what threat would have to be made to get that kind of like police response right? of like, you know what I mean? Like rather than, again, it's a little different for me. My perception of police, I'm sure is a little different than yours because you live in a completely mm-hmm. different country than me or, right. you know, people that are in Europe or something like that. So like, it's kind of boggling to me that what, like, what would you have to say or do to get this to happen? But obviously it has happened. It's happened multiple times before this. And then with that serious incident, yeah. How do you, how do you, cause like you can't just think oh that's a prank call right right because you know then when's if it's not and obviously that's a serious mm-hmm. incident that needs police response to and stuff but at the same time it's like yeah i don't know what the solution to it is i guess the solution is is for people to stop doing it but i mean <laughs> it's the internet and there's a lot of terrible people out there that just want want to do bad things i guess so um I'm glad, yeah, that he wasn't hurt in the incident because it easily could have turned into that. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. I remember when the first videos I saw was on like, 
think I was just scrolling through Facebook or something like that. And one of these popped up and I thought it was like a fake like video or something like that. Like a, like, you know, those prank channels on YouTube that like yeah. stage their prank. I thought it was that kind of stuff, but like, this is something that's seriously going on. So, and then, you know, with just the rise of like everyone uh, and I don't know, like, I don't want to bring, get too down the rabbit hole about talking about gun control and that kind of stuff on the podcast. But like, you know, in, in the U S like I, I just, from an outsider perspective, it seems like from what I can hear of lots of people in that country are just like our, our, you know, emotions are high and people are, are, are worried about that kind of stuff when they go out into public or, you know, and now like, think of you're at your home and in the safety of your home streaming and to think that something like that could happen uh, because somebody's pranking, right? Making threats yeah. of whatever, right? So really, really scary stuff, but uh, I'm glad that, I'm glad when there's incidents like this that kind of turn out to be okay, because then it kind of brings, it, it makes the story and brings attention to that this kind of stuff is going on. Hopefully right. they can figure out how to how to stop this kind of stuff, so. Yeah, so for all you listeners... Don't be a douche. Don't call the SWAT <laughs> yeah. team on people. Please, please don't. We unless they, you know, unless there really is something going on. But, yeah, you know, yeah. save it for emergency. Exactly. Yeah. Um. All right. Moving on to the next one here. So the countdown to a a Need for Speed reveal has started. So this is from Matthew Cato over at GameInformer.com. Very quick article, but I more wanted to have a discussion. Uh, surrounding some other things about this, not specifically Need for Speed, but Electric, like Electronic Arts has started a countdown toward what is a reveal of some kind for the next Need for Speed. The time on the official website ticks down to Wednesday morning. A few weeks ago, the company listed the game for a 2019 release, but so far no other information has been disclosed about the title. The GamesCon convention in Germany occurs the week after the reveal, so we hope to find out more about the game then. Um, so obviously more of just in information sharing here. Um, but the reason why I wanted to include this on today's show is kind of just talk about uh, EA in, in general, I guess. So EA obviously is kind of a controversial gaming company, I guess, in the industry. There's a lot of people that have very specific th thoughts towards uh, EA and there's other people that could care less. Uh, I wanted to kind of bring the conversation to kind of get your take. Um, my my opinion on like reading this was like, um, as somebody who kind of enjoyed the earlier Need for Speed games, I read this and was kind of like, okay, like who cares kind of thing? Like why, like why are we making this big deal of doing a countdown? Like why don't you just post the reveal of it online or something? Why do you have to try and hype this up for a franchise that? I think has kind of died out over the years, but um, like, what's your take on doing this like countdown reveal for a video game? We've seen it in the past with like Fallout. Like, what what are, what are your thoughts around that? Uh, I mean, on on the one hand, I like it because it builds the anticipation and suspense. Um, on the other hand, like you said, this franchise is kind of dying out, so maybe they feel like they need some sort of. Um, some sort of grand gesture to try and get people into it ahead of, cause I mean, if they just put this thing out on YouTube, like no one's going to see true. it. True. Right? That is true. Except yeah. For the people that probably are really looking out for that sort of stuff. But if they get this story out ahead of time, then people know, Oh, Hey, I need to go look at this at this, you know, such and such a time. Um, so that they know that it's on the way for the people that do care. Yeah. Which, um, you know, I'm sure they're out there 
but um, I mean it I think it's okay and like I said it kind of I don't know it's it almost kind of brings back like there's feelings of, like E3 right because you get all sorts of teasers and stuff leading up to E3 mm-hmm. you, like find out more in yeah. E3 or this yeah. summer or whatever so kind of something like that to, to get people excited um, I'm personally not super looking forward <laughs> to it just because I've never really been in the need for speed unless there's one thing they can do because no. um, I I don't know how much of a hand they had it, have in it but I know at one point Criterion um, I guess was helping out or mm-hmm. somehow yep. part of uh, the need for speed franchise and I've always had this hope that there would be another like burnout paradise game right um, yeah yeah because oh my gosh uh, i love that game it's so good yeah um and when i heard that they were working on need for speed i'm like well maybe that it'll just be kind of the next burnout paradise but with the need for speed name Mm -hmm. um and it never really got quite realized like that so Mm -hmm. um part of me still kind of hopes that maybe they will do something like that but i know it's not like criterion it's not like the main uh developer behind the games sure yeah yeah it's kind of like gone back and forth to different studios over the at least the last like several years um Mm. yeah it's i i guess i'll just to start off like the the countdown thing i you're totally right like it's i think we had the same kind of discussion when we were talking about uh like playstation state of play and how you know it's just like a compilation of a bunch of trailers and playstation already kind of releases you know a handful of trailers every day and so there was lots of people saying, like, why don't we just release this on YouTube? Kind of like I, I had mentioned with this. Um, but you're, you're totally right. Like, people wouldn't necessarily care about it if it was just uploaded like that. Um, and like, like, the only way for them to get a big response is if it's already, to like, a big game to begin with, right? Like, the only ones that can kind of pull that off are something like Death Stranding, just uploading a video, that's gonna that's such a big game that it's going to get a mm-hmm. lot of attention from the media outlets right. and, and people are going to hear about it just from that way. But if you're you're looking for something that you would maybe get overshadowed by other news announcements and other news going on, then yeah, trying to make some sort of deal with it is probably a smart approach. I just think it's, it is weird for this specific franchise. Um, I Yeah, I totally like... I kind of fell off of Need for Speed. I did like the earlier, like the earlier ones, like Underground. Um, like honestly, the last one I actually owned, I think, was Underground Two, which was on the PlayStation Two. And I know a lot of people, like many long-lasting franchises and stuff, real when it gets it gets to a certain point where a lot of people start to fall off, which I think has happened to Need for Speed. A lot of people are craving that what what made this franchise what it is. And, you know, a lot of people argue that those games like Underground or Carbon and those earlier earlier titles are are the best in the franchise. But um, it's also hard to say because, like, Need for Speed, like, it, it's, it's kind of caught in the... As somebody who has, like, played... Are you, like, into... You said you mentioned Burnout, but do you, like... Do you play racing games on, a, like, a regular basis or anything? Uh, not really, no. Yeah. Um, Burnout Paradise specifically was really like one of the few racing games I got into. I, I will say Forza Horizon 4. Mm, um, I played yeah. that on, on Game Pass and um, that's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's it's almost kind of Burnout Paradise-like, yeah. but um, a little bit more 
still kind of in the it's still more in the forza world than it is like say a burnout you know yeah. you don't have the crashes and the big over the top yeah stunts it, and all that um it, so it's it was it's fun but it's it didn't quite scratch the itch but that burnout paradise remaster was awesome yeah i loved it yeah um i know coleman who's been on the show before that's like one of his favorite games of all time is burnout paradise um i i've never played it Oh, that's a lie. I have played like because I have EA access, and I I jumped in on a trial when the remaster was released, and um, that's the one of the one burnout games I played the earlier ones. But um, what I, what I was gonna mention is, I think Need for Speed is kind of like has like identity issues of like figuring out what kind of racing game it's it's trying right. to be. Like you have Forza, which is yeah definitely along the lines of being more of like a simulation game right like being realistic here's a tons of different cars and you're in this environment that's inspired by like the real world right and so that makes sense um for what they're going for and then you have games like uh you know like burnout or 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 whatever that are more arcadey and more looking at the fun aspect and need for speed has kind of been in the like in between those two things for a long time right like they've had their silly uh, unrealistic kind of story modes and stuff like that um but then they've also tried to have more of a serious tone i think like the last game uh was trying to have more of a serious tone or at least that's kind of the impression i got from what i saw of it and it was trying to kind of replicate that fast and furious vibe and stuff like that and it's just like just commit like that's that's the problem is like burnout it has its identity of just it's it's about crashes and that kind of that that's what makes that series and forza is is trying to replicate real race racing in the real world and so when you have when you're going and trying to do so many different things you know you i think they need to find something that really makes it like uh have an identity i guess that's that's the best way i can put that so um yeah so it'll be interesting i guess we'll find out on wednesday what this could be i'm really hoping it's it's something notable and not just like need for speed you know put in like an adjective or something like that like (laughs) something stupid like that like i i want them to focus on having more of an identity with this this franchise but who knows um yeah so that's on wednesday uh so tomorrow by the time you listen to this if you're listening to on the day it com- this podcast comes out. Uh, so once we may make a note of it since we talked about it on, on this week. Uh, by next week, we might mention it on the show of what it ended up being. Um, yeah. So let's move on to the I mean, last. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say I'll probably, you know, I'll probably watch the trailer now that I know that. Yeah. See, um, that's good marketing. <laughs> there you right? go. I, I probably wouldn't even know about it beforehand, <laughs> but now I might check it out just to see if it is unique or, yeah, there- you know would it have any sort of appeal at all for exactly me, so. yeah. um but and uh one other thing real quick i want to go back to uh a little bit towards the beginning of, of this story um you had mentioned state of play where the heck is state of play at we haven't had one of those in a while i know right <laughs> it, it's uh, like i thought for sure we would have got one leading up to like right near e3 or something like that but then yeah. i guess they didn't necessarily want to do that because then it would just kind of i don't know it could be negative press towards you know oh you're just 
like the third one and then you like a week later or whatever you're you're seeing e3's press conferences and stuff like that and you're there people would definitely compare them and um if they are happening around the same time so maybe that's why they kind of wanted a gap i guess like the last real it wasn't even a state of play a lot of people are referring to the like death stranding reveal and stuff of like the release date and stuff as being like the closest to like a sony run stream of some sort but yeah yeah that was just like the one game exactly yeah state of play like they run through multiple games exactly yeah and they and the the first two were put pretty close together Mm -hmm. and then there's been long silence ever since actually i kind of forgot they even existed right? until yeah. you brought it up just now. Yeah. Like, I always kind of think in the back of my mind every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I wonder when the next Nintendo Direct is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's been so many of them, and they kind of come like, kind of come and go every, you know, every couple months. And, you know, there was the two, and then it's been total, totally silent since then. And it's kind of like, where the heck have those things gone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, I don't know how they've... I think the first state of play, they maybe um like prepared by like taught because they announced it well before well i don't even know now i don't know if it was like a, a good chunk of time before it actually aired or if it was just the typical like how nintendo does it where it's like hey this tuesday there's going to be a nintendo direct and everyone's like oh shit and like <laughs> let's, yeah, let's right. get ready for that yeah like a couple days notice yeah um uh, yeah, it's it, they could be doing the same approach. I'm, I'm actually going to look up right now of like what the longest gap has been between like Nintendo Directs. Um, let's see if they're... Um, let's see. If I can find I something. Like at the very least, they usually do at least like once a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't really giving me an answer. Yeah, like, it's, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I'm hoping for one, like, I'm, I'm thinking we'll, we'll maybe get one into September, because we're, it's like, everyone's going back to school, or whatever, getting back mm-hmm. into the routine, and gearing up for the holiday season, so I think, like, that would be a good point to be like, here's what is coming to play sh- PlayStation, like, I, you assume that we're gonna get another Death Stranding trailer in there, probably, um, and maybe some other information on games coming, like Concrete Genie, like PlayStation stuff, um, and then also probably some third-party deals of of getting new looks at games that we already know are coming. Because we kind of got a little bit of that with some of the previous State of Plays, where it's been like mm-hmm. like Days Gone. I think that was when the first State of Play yeah. aired, and it was like uh, I think it was the last trailer, the second to last trailer was just yeah, I like think a, it was the last one. Yeah. It was just like a, a days gone trailer. And it was like, okay, like the game's coming out. Um, <laughs> like a lot of the stuff we kind of knew about like mortal Kombat 11, I think was talked about in there, but then we also yeah. got some new information, new reveals on games that we didn't know about. So I'm still interested. I'm not like, um, and we've talked about this on the show before, but like state of play, like I, 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 I'm like on the fence about it. I don't know if I like them yet or if I they're kind of a waste of time. They, they have yet to kind of, they, they need at least a couple more for us to kind of really right. form our opinions on if they should continue yeah, them or still not. Still a pretty small sample size exactly, to yeah. really make an informed decision on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
All right, let's uh, let's move on to the last story here. Switching gears to talk about Microsoft now. Uh, so this article, this is kind of all not super unique. There was tons of websites I could have pulled this from, but uh, this is from VG247 uh, by Hunter Wolf. Xbox may allow its new studios to create multi-platform games. So Xbox first party studios boss Matt Booty says the company is willing to consider putting future games on rival platforms on a per franchise basis. Game Informer asked Booty if he would allow newly acquired studios like Double Fine, Obsidian, and Ninja Theory to keep creating multi-platform games, to which he replied, Yeah, I think we would. I think that I think that the question is less binary about should it be on Switch, should it be on PlayStation, and more. Does it make sense for the franchise? In other words, it's a kind is it a kind of game where it would benefit from the network? Sorry, uh, where it would benefit from the network effect of being on a bunch of different platforms? Or is it a game where we can best support it by putting resources and making sure that our platforms, things like xCloud and Game Pass and Xbox Live, are really leaning in to support the game? Booty said it made, made sense, for example, to expand Minecraft onto new platforms after the company acquired uh, Mojang, considering it already had players on non-Xbox platforms. Franchises such as Forza, Halo, and Sea of Thieves, he explained, are designed from the outset to stay exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem, however. Uh, Obsidian's The Outer Worlds is looking to be one of those franchises moving forward. Um, and that's basically all the article says. There's been other articles that kind of go into deeper talking about The Outer Worlds and how that's kind of setting up as like a franchise for xbox studios and stuff like that but um yeah what do you think of this article adam i think it's it's kind of something we've all thought it was going to happen at one point or, mm-hmm. or another like it's great that they got all these studios and everything and it's you know there's been talk of yeah you know game pass being available on other platforms and everything so it does it, it makes sense uh, it's not too surprising that they would want to uh, release games on other platforms too, just to try and make as much money off of them as they can. Um, it does make sense that they would still plan to keep some of their top tier franchises, you know, exclusive to Xbox, like, mm-hmm. you know, Halo and Gears and stuff like that. But, you know, you have smaller games like Ori, um, you know, which would be great on other platforms, totally. specifically Switch. Like, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it would definitely be step in the right direction you know look at the you know the sales haven't been the greatest for xbox but you know there's a ton of playstations out there there's a bunch of switches out there like you know try and get your games in as many hands as possible and you know have have your games be the association with you know with xbox then like you're still getting your brand out there yeah getting the games out there and getting money from them so yeah yeah no i i totally agree with you on that i think that it's smart to like kind of continue like having those brands like like you mentioned Halo, Gears, they're they're pillars of of Xbox or whatever. Can continue those kind of to be exclusives and stuff. But some of the projects that these new studios are working on, I think, yeah, depending on the game, um, on and what kind of style it is, if it is something more along like Cuphead or Ori and stuff, that then yeah, it definitely makes sense. And I think that's kind of what he's he's trying to say in this article is like if it makes sense. Of this kind of game to be on multiple platforms, then we're going to do it. So it's kind of nice to kind of hear that because you don't generally hear that kind of stuff. I think um, 
you know, like you would probably never hear PlayStation saying something like this, but they're also not the ones having to play catch up constantly and win over, um, win over gamers, right? There's so many, uh, PlayStation has sold so many consoles. I already have people in the PlayStation ecosystem that, you know, even when they make bad steps, they generally can recover from it pretty quickly. Whereas Xbox, I think needs to, every decision they make needs to be positive because they can't really afford to, to have those, those losses like they have this last generation. So, um, yeah, like, I mean, uh, you, you kind of expect that all these studios that have been acquired, um, are going to push their games that they were working on before they were acquired and stuff like the outer worlds is obviously going to be multi-platform and, um, what's else? The Ninja Theory had like that, it's kind of like an Overwatch type game. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what yeah, it's called. It's- yeah, I can't can't remember. Yeah. It's the uh like a focus on melee combat yeah. instead of shooting. Yeah. That was in development uh before Microsoft acquired them, so that's like gonna be a multi platform game from my understanding. And then yeah, and then after those studios kind of put out their games, um, then it will yeah, we'll have to wait and see on what's going to be the the first like exclusive or or, or whatnot like it'll be interesting to see now this is obviously down the road quite a bit but they're 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 talking about the outer worlds being this big they want to create this big franchise around this ip and so like does that the outer worlds 2 or the second game come to um you know does it come to just xbox or does it go to other platforms right it's it's kind of tricky right because it, it, the only example i can really think of that is like bayonetta when bayonetta Mm-hmm. came out it was on pretty much everything right and then bayonetta 2 was only on the wii u if i'm not mistaken yes. yeah yep. yeah so and then bayonetta 3 obviously is going to be on the switch and so there was lots of people who probably picked up bayonetta for their 360 or for their ps3 or whatever played it loved it and then you know when you find out that you can't play the sequel because it's on a completely different console <laughs> and stuff i mean it kind of like for us that's not really an issue because we have them all but for a lot of people, there's a lot of one console households out there. And, you know, I would I would hate to have a franchise that I really liked and really enjoyed and was waiting for a sequel only to find out that, okay, if I want to play that, I need to go out, a piece, go out and get a piece of hardware as well. Right. So also, uh, shout out to dude having the last name Booty. <laughs> right? Like, I always thought when I would he- heard that name, like said on a podcast or like on a YouTube video or something that it was like an inside joke, like a nickname. I'm like, nope, that's his name. I'm right on. Um, so yeah, that just an interesting story. Uh, again, probably one of the more talked about topics from this week. So I just wanted to include it, but that's basically it. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about in relation to these articles or not really? No. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I was joking to Adam earlier before the show that it's just, it was, it was, it's that time of year, right? I think we mentioned that last week that it's like, yeah. it's post E3, there's not a lot really happening until we hit the, those fall releases and more things Which are coming, coming up soon. It won't be long. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to um, the fall. It's going to be crazy because it's, <laughs> there's so many games and so little time and so little money, I guess. But, um, yeah, I'm pumped. Like, I'm past the point of the podcast being a year old, and I remember some of my favorite episodes 
we're leading up to Christmas and talking about all of the different things that came out and stuff like that. Like I was fresh on the topic of Red Dead Redemption and Super Smash Brothers and that yeah. stuff. So, um, so let's move on to uh, just kind of just have an open discussion on what we've been playing recently. Um, I have actually played quite a quite a different pile of games since the last episode. But uh, to start, how about you start us off? What have you been playing the last week? Um, so pretty much just a continuation from from last week. A little bit of Final Fantasy fourteen, mm-hmm. uh, some Fire Emblem. Um, I haven't actually played a ton of either this past week or games in general. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, aside from those two, I did start playing uh, Exception, uh, which is a game we got a code from the developer, um, Tracks Master Software. Right. And so I did play some of that, um, maybe uh, maybe a couple hours in, a couple chapters into the game. Um, it's it's interesting. It's it's a platformer. Um, specifically, it does have some combat elements. Your character has like a sword, mm-hmm. kind of do some slashes with, kind of take out some enemies as you... It, it's a fast-paced platformer, so you're not like standing and doing like combo hits on anyone. It's basically, at least for most of the enemies I run into, it's just a one-hit. And it's, oh, okay. and it's dead. Interesting. Okay. Um, so it keeps you moving quick. Um, a lot of wall jumping, a lot of uh, like obstacles to dodge and maneuver around. Um, kind of some some puzzle elements. You know, things get more challenging as you get through. Um, one of the big things, uh, one of the big mechanics about the game is um, certain points throughout. I think most stages have have this. Is um, you'll run into little kind of floating objects that will um, either rotate the stage um, or it'll kind of twist the stage around and it'll kind of rearrange where everything's at. So um, rearranging it will help you get to the goal of the stage. There's like a golden cube you have to collect at the end of it and that completes the stage. Gotcha, okay. Um, Most levels or many levels, I'm not sure if it's on every stage or not, but... Um, there's like little collectibles you can get. They're just like, kind of looks like a blue like SD card. Okay. Um, that you can pick up. Yeah. It's called a bite. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure what those do. Um, Interesting. Okay. The the main thing I found is is that as you beat the level, you get graded. You get a certain number of stars, and that could be based on, uh, I think mostly how quickly you beat the level. Oh, okay. Um kills may factor into that as well but i think it's mostly based on speed um that collectible might add a star onto that because there were times where i was getting four stars okay and i'm not sure if that's from collecting the the bite or not um but they're usually kind of like out of the way you kind of have to do you know additional kind of puzzling or platforming to get to it um some of them are pretty well hidden other ones are kind of out in the open so um it's um i want to say it kind of reminds me of like i mean i i guess the the most notable things you could compare it to would be like celeste or super meat boy okay that um style or whatever yeah i mean with celeste you don't have any combat in um whereas this game does add combat elements to it there um i think i ran into like maybe two bosses so far so there are boss fights okay um so those those ones you do kind of you got you got to get a couple hits into them. Um, 
they kind of have their own like puzzle mechanics to it um but yeah overall it's 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 pretty fun really easy to do in short bursts the levels are super quick um i was playing it on switch i played it uh entirely in handheld so i don't know i mean i imagine it ran perfectly fine i didn't have like any stutters or performance issues that's always Um, good (laughs) so i imagine in docked mode uh, probably the same yeah i can't imagine that docked mode would be worse but um seems to be pretty easy on battery life um the the only really negative things i had on it is the um and you know i'm sure that people who usually play platformers are into this but like the rating system at the end of the level um i kind of hate it just Mm -hmm. because it it makes me feel like i do really bad if i only get like one or two stars Mm -hmm. um the stars do allow you to kind of level up in a way um after you collect so many you unlock different like combat abilities where you can charge up your your sword and throw it yeah and then uh the next one you can charge it and you can throw it while you're in the air and then you can throw it upwards and um so there's different com uh combat abilities that you get by getting the stars so there is incentive to get them and as it's opposed to just i just want the highest score the highest rating there is more to it but um i feel like there is on a lot of these levels there's there's extra things to explore that maybe i i missed because i'm just trying to get the fastest yeah um, time fastest time on it you can always go back to it too there is a level select on it you can replay the level after you finish it if you're not happy with the result um so replayability is pretty easy if you die um during a stage respawning's pretty pretty quick um maybe just a couple seconds to get back to the start and start Mm -hmm. over so it keeps you in the action it's not, not a bunch of loading screens or anything um but yeah i just the like i said the rating system i'm not a huge fan of like like celeste there's no rating system you just kind of play at your own pace yeah you do the best you can and you're um, not like if you don't get the strawberries or something in celeste like you're yeah. not you could you would you'd be fine right 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 um the the soundtrack's nothing it's okay it's nothing to to write home about um the I guess the color scheme can be a little jarring too. Um, looking at it, especially on like a small screen, there's you know lots of things kind of like yeah on going, the screen yeah. at once. It also looks it can to be kind of like one kind of color scheme, like of like just the blue, the orange, and like maybe for the like, um for the parts that I've played, yes, I yeah. did get to the chapter I'm on now. There there has been a little bit bit of variance where there's um. It, I mean, it still kind of has the color scheme. It's it's more orange, but then there's also sort of like, um, I guess, like f- kind of fire obstacles you have to deal with. So it does kind of make sense for yeah, it to be yeah. like an orange yeah. tone. Yeah. Um, there is a story mode or there's, there's a story to go along with it. It okay. doesn't seem so far like it has anything to do with the actual gameplay portion. Okay. Um, seems to be totally separate from what i'm doing maybe it comes together later on but um it's relatively interesting i kind of look forward to to when i can see more of the story Mm -hmm. um typically that just comes up between chapters um it's it's essentially um you know if you think of a computer or a mobile device as like a sort of like a 
like its own environment. Like, uh, you know, the game is characterizing like threads and processes that happen inside these devices as sort of living creatures. I got you. Okay. It's a very futuristic setting. I, I don't know. Have you ever seen the show Reboot? Oh yeah, cartoon. that is a. It remind. That, that's picking back quite a few years, yeah. but definitely, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> reboot. It reminds me a lot of that, where like there's this there's this whole world happening inside of like a computer, um, and, and that's what it's getting at, and it's, and it's drawn okay. in like a comic book style, um, oh, so you get like these little comic bubbles yeah. and things that pop up. So it's it's um it's very you get the story in very small bites um, between chapters, but. Um, like I said, it doesn't seem to have anything to do with the actual gameplay, gameplay and like yeah. the, the platforming yeah. and, and combat and stuff, but maybe it comes together. Either way, um, it, it's still pretty entertaining from what I've seen of it so far. Um, so it's it's pretty solid. I yeah. mean, it's you know if you like platforming, um, it's it's really pretty good choice. Mm-hmm. You can't can't really go wrong. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll leave a well I'll I'll make sure to leave a link to because um, I believe it's only on Switch and PC if I'm not mistaken Steam so I'll, I'll leave uh, links to that to the stores if you guys want to check it out for yourself and I'll also leave a a link to like a there a YouTube video showing off the gameplay because I think this is a game that does best of like you see because when I watch the the gameplay of it i thought it looked cool just based on like how fast paced it was and mm-hmm. and the the vividness of it all and stuff but it sounds like well i guess you said there's a little bit but the, the biggest thing, one thing that i wanted to point out that i think makes some platformers like 2d platformers like this um stand out um is just having like variety within their environments like when i think about um katana zero or celeste or something like that like mm-hmm. each level or area that you were in felt very different from the last and just gave it a different feel and stuff like that mm-hmm. so even like doing things like changing the color scheme or the pace of the level or adding it the mechanic of maybe working more vertically as opposed to horizontally like those are all little things that i think really help in that kind of genre of game it sounds like the mechanic of like switching the perspective or, or like um can you so can you do like can you change that like on is that kind of the puzzle mechanic of it all or is it kind of like you run into you a thing and it changes the the map or whatever right yeah you can't change it at will oh, okay. um you run into like you you find like it's usually like a floating green or blue sort of like orb um that you kind of just run or jump into and when you hit it 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 will either rotate the stage you know like a 90 degrees or um or in some cases it'll just almost kind of just swap everything around and make it a completely different thing either way like it it changes things because you might run into like a dead end but you hit the thing and then it changes the stage and Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you can progress further yeah yeah interesting so are you gonna do you think you'll keep keep plucking along at it or maybe I do. Yeah? yeah. Okay, cool. So maybe next week's episode we can hear if you have any more thoughts on it or if it ended up being worse or better, who knows? It's that's like the thing with so like the game one of the games I talked about last week is Blazing Beaks, like the start of it, just being so frustrated with trying and having 
one opinion and then finishing it off and then having a completely different opinion can it definitely influences it yeah and the difficulty is going up um across chapters as you would expect yeah Um, but so far it's not to a point where i'm like oh my god like i can't i can't make it yeah it's pretty straightforward (laughs) um yeah so far it's it's easy enough casual players shouldn't have any trouble getting through the first yeah i think I'm, i'm maybe on like chapter five or six um so getting up to that point, like it's not too difficult yeah. if you're familiar with platforming games. So it's um, pretty pretty easy to get into at least to start. We'll see how challenging it gets right. Yeah, you know, further in. Not come with next thing you know, yeah. like a couple <laughs> stages later, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have spoke so soon. <laughs> right. <laughs> cool. Um, any other games, or is that pretty much no, it that, for you? That's about it. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, before, yeah, like I said, if you guys are interested in that game, you can check out in the show notes below. I, I, I honestly just recommend watching the YouTube video and, and judging for yourself because even just me watching, I was interested in it. I wanted to hear what you had said about it before I decided to pick it up for myself to see if it was worth my time or not. It sounds like it's, it has some cool things going for it. Um, not necessarily a perfect game by any means, but cool ideas yeah, I, mean, I it's, guess it's it's not celeste but mm-hmm. um you know a few games are that game's yeah. just <laughs> i mean that's that's about a masterpiece yeah there, so <laughs> did you speaking of celeste did you pay, play celeste on the switch or did you play on ps4 or something? i played it on switch um it later came to xbox game pass right. and yeah. i started a second playthrough on there i didn't i didn't finish it on xbox but i did finish it on switch Switch, okay yes you did yeah that game's incredible it i it is yeah i beat it the beginning of this year so i always kind of think of it like as my game of the year but i'm like oh right it came out last year and then (laughs) the reason why i started playing it so late is because when it got to like game of the year discussion people brought it up again and i was like you know i need to give this game a chance but that game has definitely helped me improve some of my re- reflexes when it comes to, you know, platforming games and stuff. Cause I'm, yeah, definitely. I'm not like, I'm not bad, but like, uh, they're just not the genre that I think I'm the best at. So, um, Celeste was definitely had its challenges, but it was Celeste. Like you, that's a game I've, I've definitely talked about on the show before, but if you're looking for like a solid game that, um, just does like platforming, like, 2d platforming right like that is definitely one and not only is it really this awesome fun and challenging gameplay like the story connected to it is really really cool it's like the one game that like a lot of people i think if they just saw it would dismiss it as some like 16-bit you know kind of arcadey game but there's so many layers to to that game that it's you've summed it up perfectly like nothing can kind of reach that standard um or that level of excellence like it's it's really good um, I have been playing kind of like a mix of weird <laughs> games that are very different from one another. Um, literally the day after me and Adam recorded last week, you're talking about, uh, Final Fantasy 14 online and I wanted to give it a shot. So I went in and created my character, got in, um, I think I did like a couple initial quests, um, but very early, like probably under an hour I like I haven't had too much time with it um but that's a game that again I want to continue to try and get into um so I did want to mention that I am gonna hopefully follow up with keep keep on playing it's just um 
yeah, it's, uh, I think I have to be in the right kind of mood for it. Because the, the other game I ended up trying out was another MMORPG, which was DC Universe Online, which just came, Ooh. yeah, it just came to Nintendo Switch. This game came out a long time ago, like back, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know the exact year, I think it was like, it was in the PS3 era. Um, it was PS3, yeah. Yeah, and I remember it being on last gen and always just kind of being intrigued by it, but because it's a free-to-play game, right? And mm-hmm. I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. It, at least it's free on Switch. Um, and I think it maybe when it came, it came out, out I think it, it maybe had a subscription, oh, okay, but yeah. then um, I at some point I think it switched over to free-to-play, yeah, if I recall correctly. It's free-to-play. It has something similar of like... Uh, well, that's not a good example. Like, uh, it's like, here's the, the base game you can play and have fun, but like any free to play game, there's like, you can pay and you get like upgrades and stuff like that. So you can get like, you know, they'll have like the starters edition and it gives you, you can, you can play it for free, but if you buy this version for 15 bucks, you'll get like some cosmetic items or like some Mm -hmm. additional content of some sort. So I think that that's what it has now. Um, I played it and again, just wasn't necessarily in that mood for like an MMO. Um, I love MMOs as I talked about on the show last week, like I've been wanting to get into one, but they're just kind of like, it's like when I start playing them, I'll kind of get sucked in to like, want, like I need to really find, uh, like a solid amount of time to sit down and play them. Like they're not great for just like dropping in. Cause there's so much like you got to boot up the game and get into your server and, um, all that kind of stuff. And it's not where I can just pick up, you know, my switch or whatever and quickly play a round of Mario Kart or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I definitely like it. Um, it's cool. It has a, I mean, you get to create your own superhero. So any, anyone who likes superheroes would definitely be interested in this game. Cause it, it has that, there's some great customization options. So mm-hmm. yeah, all, all, all I really did was create my character, play like the beginning tutorial section. And then, um, now I'm like ready to go do like my first couple quests and stuff. So I think I'll, again, I, my girlfriend, Megan has, uh, been obsessed with Stardew Valley. So like I only get my switch because like when I'm playing games, like she doesn't want to just sit there. She wants to like play something. So she'll have the switch, but which means that I can't play the switch. I got to resort to my Xbox or PS4. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'll play a little bit more of it this week. Are you going to check it out at all? Uh, I might now that I know that's on the, on the switch, mm-hmm. I, having been distracted with final fantasy and fire emblem and <laughs> yeah. doing a lot of, uh, fantasy football stuff this week. Yeah. Um, I, it totally went under the radar for me. Yeah. And that was a game I played on, on PS3 and I had a lot of fun with it. Okay. And the, uh, like you said, the, the customization and everything, making your own superhero was really fun. Um, and I had a, I had a good time with that game. So I might, um, I, I might try and get around to, to checking it out on switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean like it's, it's a free download. It yeah. doesn't cost you anything just to check it I out. I love that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so did check out that, uh, another game that I've put a bit more time into this past week is, uh, Dishonored. I've never played Dishonored before and I picked up Dishonored definitive edition, like a physical copy. I saw it like brand new for like dirt cheap, like super cheap. And I always 
heard good things about the Dishonored series. Uh, knew really, I didn't really know anything about Dishonored, like the lore, or what kind of game it was. I knew it was kind of had a focus on like stealth and, mm-hmm. um, you know, some like kind of some platforming elements to it by like climbing buildings and that kind of stuff or using powers to kind of take out enemies and stuff. Um, but that's basically all I knew about it. So I jumped in having no knowledge of the, what the story was or anything. And I have to say like probably in like the third chapter of the game and it's really, really fun. Have you ever played Dishonored? Uh, I have not. I got kind of scared off by the uh, stealth yeah kind of focus that it has i'm not really a stealthy guy yeah i i was so megan always laughs at me when i'm playing like a stealth game because she'll see me kind of like take my time setting things up or whatever like she's not really watching she's maybe on her phone or doing something else and she'll kind of see that what i'm doing and then like fast forward five minutes and like all hell's break (laughs) broke loose and like i'm like well so much for that i might just gotta cut my losses here like i'm terrible (laughs) at stealth games. Um, but the great thing about Dishonored is um, it isn't like, it doesn't force you to go stealth. So you can easily, you know, take the, and you could, for example, if you needed to get past a certain section of the map or whatever, um, you aren't like forced to, to do it stealth. Um, you can do it stealth. You can kind of go in guns blazing. Like it's kind of a weird setting. It's kind of like steampunk ish. So it's mm-hmm. like, um, it's kind of like old, old fashioned kind of that Victorian era, but with like futuristic elements to it, I guess. And like, um, basically what you're trying to do is you've been kind of like framed for murdering, uh, this, um, like the, 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 I don't know if it's like a queen or whatever, but like the, the, the head of this like nation or whatever. Um, and you, you get, you were like her bodyguard and everything like that. And you get framed for like her murder. And there's these, this group that you're trying to track down and figure out, um, who, who was responsible for this. And they have this kind of like these superpowers where they can like reappear, disappear and, telekinetic powers and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a real cool combination of elements that I think really work well together, which I really like. Um, What I like more than anything is just like the freedom of, like I mentioned, just choosing how you want to get over a Mm -hmm. certain obstacle or whatever. The game isn't like so linear that you have one path and that's the only path you can take. There's many times where you'll go into a, a section, let's say you need to, you're basically just trying to get to the next checkpoint or to the end of this area to, to do something. And there's so many different ways you can do it. Like you can find like underground tunnels, like in the sewers and like walk underneath enemies, or you can use like your, there's like kind of like a teleporting ability where you can teleport short distances. So you can use that to kind of help uh, yourself get high up above the enemies. So you're kind of on the rooftops and you can kind of do it that way. Um, yeah, it's really fun. Like just the mechanics of like moving around and trying to figure out how to do something is really cool. Like, and I like that it's not, it's not like an open world game, but for example, I went to this one section and there was an open, like kind of building. I saw some person standing over there. I went over there and just triggered like a side quest in this area, um, that you could do or 
you didn't have to do, but it was optional. Like it was, it was cool. Like it, I, I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be very linear, like, you know, go from point A to point B and there's only one way to get there. But it, it definitely, it gives you a lot of opportunities and like options to experiment with. So I really like it. Sounds kind of like a steampunky version of um, like Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I think that would be a, a good comparison. I'm not, I've never actually played um, that any of the games. Uh, I, I'm a little bit familiar with the franchise, but I, I yeah, I think it would be comparable probably. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't be too worried about the, the stealth element to it because you really, it, it's, it's so like, even if you do, uh, like the, the, the stealth part of it is it's not super stealthy where like, um, like something like metal gear solid, where like you, if you're going stealth, like you need to commit to that and it's, it's challenging and you have to take your time and plan things out. Like the stealth kind of is like, you could easily just kind of sneak past enemies or at least I found. So it's not really that challenging of a stealth game. So I think you would, based on what I kind of know of what games you're into, I think you would find it interesting. So, hmm. um, so yeah, I played that. And then last thing I wanted to talk about was, um, oddly enough, I started playing Grand Theft Auto online again, which is really weird. Hmm. Um, I, like a lot of people bought Grand Theft Auto five when it came out last gen, beat the story mode, uh, online launched on, um, on, I think, yeah, on the platform, like a little while later, I can't even remember how long it, of a wait it was. It was completely unplayable because the servers were so messed up and there were so many bugs and stuff. <laughs> and then I set it down and then probably like two years after it came to uh, like the current gen, like Xbox One and PS4, I picked it back up, re- replayed the story mode again, really liked it, jumped in online. I'm like, you know what? I'm actually going to commit to this. It's been out for a couple of years now. They've probably, they've, I think they've, fixed all the issues I had with it and they've added a bunch of content and I played it and I actually liked it a lot. Like I leveled myself up to almost like level 25. Um, and then when the, the new expansion of the casino came out and there was so much discussion about gambling and how it was, you know, there were so many different takes on, on that whole conversation. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to jump in and just kind of see what's been going on in Grand Theft Online. And pretty much the same as what it was before but they've definitely added so much more content than uh i originally played it so did did you ever play grand theft auto 5 or did you if you did did you play online at all no the last grand theft auto i played was four okay and i um i didn't finish it either yeah and then i just skipped five entirely yeah i i like i've been a fan of the grand theft auto series ever since i would I remember my dad owned one of the like really early ones and I was a kid and I wasn't allowed to play it, but I definitely <laughs> at night would sneak out of my bedroom and, uh, and play, I think it was GTA three. It would have probably been. Um, and ever since then I'm like, Oh yeah, these are really fun games. It's like a, uh, open sandbox. You can kind of do it, what you want in it. And five is definitely the best like story mode. Like I think you would probably, if you like open world games, it's it's pretty fun it's pretty solid there's lots of like missions and different parts to explore um but again if you didn't finish four like this one's even bigger right like i Mm -hmm. i just finished four after having it for like three years um (laughs) and then there's people that 
get Grand Theft Auto just for this online mode. And I can understand why, because there's a lot of freedom to kind of do what you want. You can buy your own apartments, you can buy cars, you can buy nightclubs now, you can go gamble at casinos, like mm -hmm. you can, or if you want, you can just play silly game modes, right? Like playing like, you know, death matches or racing or um, like it, they're just constantly adding just ridiculous fun stuff. Like they have DeLoreans in it now. So it's like, it's really fun. But my only criticism going back to it now is like, it's, it's definitely set up, in my opinion, to, to kind of force you into buying like their their microtransaction, like their shark cards or whatever they're called. Like yeah. the in-game currency is you can, every mission you complete, you do get money for it. Um, even when you fail a mission and have to restart, like you'll get a small chunk of change, like a thousand bucks or something like that. But everything is like priced, like generally over a million bucks. And so Ooh. I haven't even think I've made a million I think there's a tracker and the most money I've had in Grand Theft Auto Online was like 800,000 and I think that was because they added 500,000 to people's accounts to <laughs> to fix like if you played it um before they fixed all the bug issues and stuff mm -hmm. but it's definitely fun I really enjoy it um but it's like I have it's weird there's one thing that I'll, I'll mention before I kind of wrap up the show uh that really gets on my my nerves is there's this heist mode and so that's the, probably the one mission style that you can make the most money from mm -hmm. um you kind of uh the one that i'm stuck on is very technical and you can't mess up or you have to restart from the beginning again and um i looked up because i the thing is, is you when you start this heist you have to find three other people to join in and the matchmaking system what it does is it'll like send you can invite all from like your current session. So like uh, your like server or like lobby is like the map. And so the, the, there'll be like 20 people in there. So we'll invite from that. And then you can auto invite uh, players around your same level of character or whatever. And then you can auto invite um, just like a couple different auto invite options. Um, and you have to physically go in and click those off. It doesn't do it for you. And then yeah, I was finding with this one mission, it was like one of the final heist things that I need to complete because it kind of has like, um, you know, it's kind of like a story mode and it has cutscenes and stuff and I need to get this mm -hmm. final one done. But every time I try to find people to play this specific mission, I, I can't find anybody. And so I looked up online and found out that like this is like the worst heist included in the game and nobody likes doing it. So when they see invites to do that specific mission, they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, I, you know what I mean? So it sucks because I can't do further big heists because, until I complete this one. So yeah. that's my only complaint. Like, I, it'd be great if, like, I could just go in and be like, I want to do this specific mission. Um, so, yeah, it, that, it definitely has some kind of things that I don't care about. But nonetheless, it's... Yeah, I, I'm having fun with it. I don't know if I'll continue playing it um, just because I've just been interested in it the last week. But, yeah. So, all right. Um, let's kind of wrap up the show here because um, we're just over an hour. Uh, let's go on to question of the week. So, last week I asked, uh, what's the angriest you've ever gotten while playing a video game? And so, a couple of you send in some responses. Um uh let's see here so this one comes from my sister-in-law actually um and so her and her husband had the biggest fight 
that we've ever had, resulting in a temp temporary... Oh, I think I didn't copy this whole thing. Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. So Matt and I had the biggest fight we've ever had, resulting in a temporary breakup whilst engaged in an epic Mario Kart challenge. Uh, and then she puts in parentheses, he's an extremely poor loser. Um, and I, as knowing them, it's kind of funny. Uh, they've had this conversation before where they've talked about that they've almost gone into a divorce uh, from <laughs> playing Mario Kart together. I'm like, I could totally see that. Um, Meg and I, like I mentioned last week, I, I picked up Mario Kart and I've been playing that a lot. And we'll, we'll jump into some matches and, um, you know, there's nothing more rewarding to me than when she's in first place and I'm right behind her and I'm saving like a red shell and she's on her third lap just about to pass the finish line you screw them over like right right as they're about to finish and win the game so um I can totally understand where where that would probably bring in some anger from people have you ever had any like matches with anybody that uh you've screwed over or anything like that on Mario Kart? Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, growing up, um, Mario Kart was a, a staple in my house. So, um, you know, all the way back to the Super Nintendo one, but most notably the uh, uh, Mario Kart 64. Play that with my parents, my brothers, friends, you know, we'd all we'd all play and we had a blast with it but yeah it was like you said you you save up that red shell <laughs> or even sometimes you get that blue, blue shell, shell and yeah you just launch it and you know someone's in first place next thing you know they get hit with a blue or red shell they <laughs> lose the race and you know start cursing yeah <laughs> it's good tensions tensions get high yeah during mario kart races for sure I think Mario is notorious like between Mario Kart and like Mario Party of definitely being mm. the the cause of some arguments in households I'm sure. <laughs> um uh Chris Johnson who is Matt Johnson uh he's been on the show before uh he's my brother-in-law uh his brother Chris wrote into the show so shout out to Chris for answering this week's question um he says, trying to use the Wii Motion Plus controls in Skyward Sword against <laughs> attack-specific enemies, especially, uh, do you know how to pronounce that? Girahim? I think it's how you pronounce it. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think that's right. Yeah, I think I may have broken my Wii Mote by trying to snap it in half <laughs> or throwing it at something solid. I'm a bit of a spaz sometimes, like my brother. <laughs> a, a casual jab at his brother there, I like it. Um, yeah, that is definitely, I think, uh, a pretty common opinion when it comes to Skyward Sword and its exclusion of being able to play with the Wii Classic controller and stuff like that, having to play the game exclusively with motion controls. Did you ever play Skyward Sword? No, in fact, I, I purposefully skipped it <laughs> because I hated the motion controls right? and yeah. Twilight Princess on the Wii. Yeah. So I didn't even bother with Skyward Sword. Yeah. I I have a Wii. I never got Skyward Sword for the exact same reason. And then uh, I hooked up my Wii again and I just had this... Oh, what it was is I was playing Twilight Princess on my GameCube a while back. And I had this urge of like, well, you know what? I should like give Skyward Sword a shot. And my library had it for the Wii, surprisingly enough. And so checked it out. And then, yeah, I didn't, I barely lasted like two hours in that game. Cause it was just, it was such a pain to like 
and I couldn't even imagine like getting into like dungeons where you're like he Chris has mentioned here like having to like attack them or swing the remote in a certain way to like do what you want like that'd be so frustrating yeah um <laughs> I it's funny like I I you were talking about smashing your controller over over Bloodborne <laughs> I don't think I've ever like I've been tempted I think like one time I think I was playing yeah it was when I was playing Celeste and I got really pissed off, but I, I quickly I realized I'm like, oh right, I'm holding this like three hundred dollar piece of hardware in my hand right now. I need to, I can't get, I need to get like you know just bottle up this anger for the time being. But um, yeah, that's a funny story. Uh, I think I've I've probably broken more controllers than I can count really? in one hand. Wow. Yeah, yeah I, that that Bloodborne one was not the first controller I broke. Yeah. I by a long shot. <laughs> I don't think I, now they I've never broken a controller out of anger, I guess. I think like I've thrown I remember throwing like controllers when I was a kid, but like them being pretty durable. Um I remember like I playing uh NHL game, like I busted like my ana- oh, on two of my Xbox controllers, like busted my analog sticks like um they're kind of like wonky, but yeah. <laughs> I guess like when you have to pay, I, I, when you have to pay, like, up here, like, how much are, like, PS4 controllers in the States? I, I want to say it's something weird. It used to be pretty consistent at, like, 60, but now PlayStation controllers are, like, I want to say, like, 63 or 64. Okay, yeah. Meanwhile, Switch Pro controllers, I, I want to say, are 70. Yeah. It, so, I guess the conversion rate kind of makes sense because ours are like the pro controller is 90 and then the um ps4 controller is like 75 or something like that mm. so xbox i think has the cheapest at in canada at like 64 i want to say mm-hmm. but yeah it's crazy like how expensive they are like yeah now that i pay for my own controllers i've been a little bit more conscious of that kind of stuff <laughs> um <laughs> All right, let's wrap up the show here with this week's question. Uh, I The question will also be posted on uh, my social media pages. So uh, head over to Games Are Fun podcast on Twitter at Games Are Fun Pod um, or go to Facebook. Just search for Games Are Fun. I'll also leave a link in the show notes. And uh, you can respond to your, your questions on there. There'll be a post with this week's question. That's how Aaron and Chris responded to... Uh, last week's question and so yeah um this week's question i i i saw and kind of wanted to include it in the show so what is the longest amount of time you have sat playing a game uh and what video game was it so i don't necessarily mean i guess we can kind of turn this into two kind of questions so like one being like how what's the longest like non-stop playthrough you've done of something or like what's a game that you have played the most out of every other game. So there's two ways you can kind of look at it. So, um, yeah, Adam, what, for you for this week, what, what game would that be? Um, let's see. Um, longest in one sitting. That's tough. Cause there's been a lot of games where I've played basically from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed, basically played straight through the entire day. Yeah. Um, although I want to say, and this is a little bit of a cheat because it wasn't just me, but back, um, 
long time ago, me and my brother Steven, we um, we rented Final Fantasy three. Um, I guess it would be six now yeah, here in the yeah, West. It's yeah. three on the Super Nintendo. Um, we rented that from uh, from the game store, and um, it was just me, my brother Steven, and then my oldest brother Joey at home for the weekend. My parents were out of town, and Joey was keeping an eye on us. He let us rent a game, set us up in the uh, set us up in the family room. Yeah, and. Um, he was kind of off doing his own thing, throwing house parties that he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so he, he kept us contained down in the family room. Um, so we got Final Fantasy three. And I, I want to say, I think we played that like literally like all day, all night. Um, I'm pretty sure there was daylight before we ended up wow. asleep. Yeah. And we played that thing because, you know, we only had it for a certain amount of time. And I mean, we didn't end up beating it either because i mean it's an rpg and that's you know you you would need 40 plus hours to beat that but uh we got pretty far in it and uh yeah we just we were just loving it and we you know we would switch back and forth we'd take turns and but yeah we we played that thing all hours (laughs) that's awesome i love it love how just like that's such a, a big brother move of just like okay i'm gonna keep <laughs> you guys kind of distracted down here while i i do my thing up here <laughs> yeah and it's not a secret now my i don't know we, we've told this story to my yeah. parents too and yeah they, they know and yeah now that we're, you're all adults and stuff it's fun to uh-huh. jo- probably joke joke about and look back at i'm sure at the time did, did they ever find out about these house parties or was it later so on in I, life that they talked about, brought it up? Uh, so I think they knew, but he was an expert at cleaning up after the fact. Oh, okay, um, yeah. And and basically leaving no trace of a party behind. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they told the, the neighbor lady across the street to kind of keep an eye out and make sure he wasn't doing anything. But um, him and him and the, the neighbor lady, they were tight. She didn't rat him out. Wow. And, uh, at least as far as I know. So yeah. I think they knew, but they, they never had any evidence to, to really pin it on him. So, yeah. Yeah. And then of course, you know, years after the fact, you know, you know, we kind of would joke about it and everything. And, um, <laughs> and, and that was, I think that was part of the deal too. Cause I mean, he, he hooked us up, like we had all sorts of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Had, yeah. Um, yeah, we had the air conditioner pumping in there because <laughs> it was in the middle of the summer. It yeah. was real hot out yeah. and we didn't have like central air or anything. So yeah. we had like a, like a window unit in there and, um, you know, every, it was like, it was like a cave in there. Like all light was blocked off and which I think was part so that we wouldn't see anything yeah. like up the steps or whatever. But, yeah. um, yeah, it was, <laughs> that's funny. It was fun. Yeah. We had a good time. I like that yeah <laughs> for me i think i don't think i've told this story to people before so i apologize if anyone's heard of this story i don't think i've ever told you this story um so i was big big into world of warcraft <clears throat> like in like 2000 it was when wrath of the lich king came out which would have been like 2008 i want to say somewhere around there um and my sister's older or my older sister's boyfriend was into world of warcraft and he kind of showed it to me and got me interested into it and then uh yeah the like if i I would to say i was addicted to any specific game like world of warcraft would have been one of them (laughs) like one that i probably 
Oh, by far. Like I remember one summer, uh, like summer vacation off of school, I spent like a large portion of it inside playing World of Warcraft. And I Mm -hmm. think that was probably, I like to think of that as like my best summer because it was like no time ever since then have I ever had that much time to devote to like a video game or something. But at the same time, it probably was an unhealthy amount of how much I was playing it. (laughs) But um, there was this, Uh, So anyone who knows World of Warcraft knows there's two different sides. You got the Alliance and the Horde. Um, I'm Horde for life, obviously. And uh, (laughs) there was this specific item called a Blood Elf Mask. And all it was, it was this cosmetic item. Um, It was kind of like a bandana. It wasn't even anything that cool looking. But what was cool about it was its rarity, right? It was definitely, I think it was like a purple... Actually, it might have been higher than, like, whatever, like, you know, the color system of, like, green, blue, purple, mm-hmm. and then of, like, rarity. I don't know what it was, but I, I, all I know is it was super rare because you would go into the auction house and search this item, and it would be, like, tons of in-game currency to purchase it. And I was kind of fairly low level at the time. I think I was, like, level 30, and my sister's boyfriend, he was max level, whatever it would have been at the time. And this Blood Elf mask dropped um, by killing a specific, I can't even remember what the enemy was. It was a specific enemy, but the area that these uh, like mo- enemies were located was in the starting area for the Night Elves, which the Night Elves are uh, part of the Alliance, right? And so in World of Warcraft, you have Horde territories, you have Alliance territories, and then you have um, like territories where... Um, you could basically run into someone from the Alliance and get killed. But like in the Alliance territory, there's like NPCs that are max level characters essentially that will attack you if you go into an Alliance area, right? Um, Whereas if you're in like the contested area, you're fine just because it's a a PvP server. If you ran into somebody, you would, they could attack you, right? And so I, I remember being as like we traveled, it took us super long because I was such a low level that I didn't even have a, a flying mount yet. And so I we I had a regular mount. We took hours to get to this night elf area. Um, and yeah, we basically, he would he would just kill all the, the things. We were in a party so that it made it so that I got some XP as well when he killed the things. Mm-hmm. And he made the deal that like, if we find one, I get the first one because I'm doing all the heavy lifting, obviously. And then if we find a second one, um, like you can have it or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I want one so bad. And, but we knew like going in that the chance, like this, I'm talking like the, the drop percentage was like, like it was like a single digit for sure. Maybe even half, like less than 1%. It was something crazy. Right. And so we spent hours and hours, like we started uh, doing this like probably like late afternoon and then the first we finally got one at around like 2 a.m just of constant non-stop playing we finally found one and it was crazy like I just remember that we had killed probably hundreds and hundreds of these enemies to finally get one and then we we went on to about 6 a.m three like three or four more hours to try and get me one and then it just got to the point where it was like we put in so much time, but like, you know, it could be another five hours or six hours. It could be another half hour. Like who knows? Right. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up calling it quits, but, 
uh, I think at some point, um, I guess I think I went to bed and he continued on because somehow I can't remember how I did, but I eventually did get the, the blood elf mask. But anyways, that's just one of my favorite World of Warcraft memories because it was like <laughs> just a nonstop playing, like just taking breaks to go to the washroom. And like, I remember mm-hmm. I had some snacks set up at my computer desk and just like play nonstop until the morning. Like it was crazy. So anyways, yeah, that'd be my game, I would say. Um, so yeah, you guys can write in, what is the, the one game you've played the longest or had the longest single sitting playthrough of, uh, you can give your responses on social media, like I mentioned, or you can email them at games are fun podcast at gmail.com. And as we wrap up the show, just a reminder that if you have any thoughts on the podcast, um, make sure to email me with your thoughts on the show, any feedback, any questions, uh, if you have topic suggestions, those are all more than welcome. So make sure you email them to that email address. Um, so yeah, that's the show for this week. Uh, Adam, where can people follow you? Uh, you can uh, find me at Adam or at Adam Palooza 85 on Twitter. Cool. And uh, I'm at Luke Allen arm on Twitter. Uh, but of course, follow at games are fun pod on Twitter to, to keep up with the show. Um, Adam, thank you so much for joining me again for this episode. Really appreciate yeah, absolutely. it. Um, so yeah, that's this, this week's episode and we will talk to you guys next Tuesday. See you later.